Welcome to the Cake Adjacent Podcast, a once a week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. I am your host and bestie, Jen Coleslaw, coming to you from the soulless suburbs of Northern Virginia. This is going to be a short midweek podcast, and I'll be back over the weekend with the food holidays and an update on how sheep fest lamb mowing went, which is going to happen tomorrow. I'll try to live stream it. I needed to take last week off because I was overwhelmed by the amount of work I had to do between work work and side hustles and taking care of all of the pets while Ben was away. And I might have mentioned that I'm in a walking boot because my Achilles tendon is torn and I need to have it immobilized until I can have it repaired sometime in November. And it is really hard dragging that boot around. And so I had a lot going on. And then the queen died. And she was not my queen, although she was absolutely the queen of my father's family who were loyalists in Northern Ireland. And although my Grammy Cole and her sisters, Auntie Nell and Auntie Bell, never talked about the monarchy. There's a lot of interesting and violent political history that my family was involved in in County Armagh, but I suspect that when they came to the U.S., the deal was to never, ever discuss it again. But if you have followed me for a while, you know that when I was 10 years old, I had been gifted by my mother, a pen pal from the north of England, a schoolgirl my own age, and we wrote to each other until we went away to college, and we lost touch until about seven and a half years ago. But during that time of growing up together on different continents in different countries, there was a royal jubilee and a royal wedding, and Bev shared all of that with me. I got all the swag from commemorative magazines to bookmarks and paper doll books of wedding gown design, and I grew up thinking that maybe, just maybe, I was a secret British princess sent abroad to live in obscurity for my own safety. And my father and I, when we worked together, talked for years about a tour of the great houses and gardens of the UK. But in the end, he wasn't much of a traveler. He liked road trips, but not plane trips. And we never went. And I think I told you here that after I reconnected with my pen pal, now my oldest friend in the world, she invited me to come visit her and her husband in Wales, and I did for a whole month, the spring before COVID. And it was magic. I felt like I had come home. And for the first time since my father had died, I felt like I found him again, in all the fields and meadows with the walking paths and the gates, and in the tidy gardens of the great houses, and in the kitchen gardens of the castles built 800 plus years ago. And I found him in the north in Scarborough on the beach, there in that cold, cold water where I put my feet in because I'm just not capable of not putting my feet in any ocean I come across. And I found him in Devon when I looked out on the English Channel. And I came home from that trip with all kinds of plans to visit more often and be more of part of my friends' lives, whether they wanted me to be or not. And then, well, you know what happened. COVID happened and the world just stopped. Except it didn't stop, did it? Because the virus blew across the planet like a hurricane or a dust storm or a tsunami or a tornado or an ice storm or a blizzard. And millions of people died and tens of millions of people got sick and are still getting sick. And we lost so many people, either to the great sickness or to the isolation that it caused. But because of that isolation, we were not able to say goodbye to our friends and our families. 
Millions of people gone with no funerals, no wakes, Irish or otherwise, no deli platter sandwiches in the church hall after a service, no luncheon at a favorite restaurant telling stories that you've heard a million times, but you could hear them again. No late nights with your besties at a bar the night after a funeral, murmuring quietly at a table of eight or ten. No distribution of your best friend's or your father's cherished items that mean something only to them and to you. We've all mourned, yes, but we have not been able to do that thing, that collective community event, that handful of dirt on the top of a lowered coffin, the sitting of Shiva, the several days of food arriving at your door, receiving friends in your fancy living room, both before and after some kind of official service, picking out poems and passages from favorite books, leaning up in your chair or your pew to hand a fresh tissue to a complete stranger or your sister or your husband. I could, but I don't want to count up the number of dear family members and best friends who were lost to me and their people during this time, who did not get a funeral or a service or a wake or a luncheon. Those people for whom I have unexpressed and unprocessed grief and love and just profound loss. And as a person who feels things deeply, as a person with extreme empathy, I feel everyone else's sadness and loss all the time. And so that brings us back to the death of the queen, a woman who I did not know, but I felt that loss so profoundly. And not just because she was this historic character on the world stage, but because she was a mother and a wife and a grandmother and a great-grandmother, and she was a daughter and a horse and dog lover and a gardener who loved roses and someone with an incredible sense of responsibility who also experienced loss. And I cannot help but believe that no matter your feelings towards the queen, no matter your feelings towards the monarchy, that this is a time for us to mourn collectively, not for her specifically, but for all the people we have lost in the last two and a half years, that this is a funeral for whomever we're missing. I would urge you, if you feel like I do, that we need to get some sort of closure on those we've lost, however we've lost them, to take this opportunity of a global event like the Queen's funeral, and if it helps, be a part of it. We don't need to be one of a million plus people waiting to file past the flag draped casket in Westminster Hall. We don't need to be in London, but maybe we just need to close our eyes and listen to the music or meditate while we watch everyone file by her laying in state or whatever it is to use this opportunity for a collective community fare thee well to those we have lost and have been unable to due to circumstance to acknowledge that loss together the way we always have historically. There are lessons to be learned here, of course, that no one lives forever, that no matter how strong and steadfast they are, that we should try our best to not leave things unsaid because we might not ever have an opportunity to say them or fix them, fix whatever unrest there is between us. Sometimes there's no fixing that and we have to be okay with that. We have to be at peace with that. One of the shortest pieces of poetry is this piece by my favorite poet and someone whose death in 2019 I absolutely felt despite not knowing her, Mary Oliver. It's called The Uses of Sorrow. Someone I loved once gave me a box of darkness. It took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. And I think what she's saying is something that I've heard over and over and read over and over, especially lately. And that is, grief is the price of love. 
that grief is love unexpressed, and that sorrow is part of the package we sign for when we love someone or something. Another few words from my girl Mary. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing that your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, let it go. So no, Elizabeth Regina, House of Windsor is not my queen or the ruler of any government I claim, but I mourn her passing nonetheless, and I hitch the bright stars of Erica and Justin and Gordy and Nancy and Pete and Angela and Rosemary and Helen and Sue, all lost in these miserable, awful, terrible months. And I invite you to do the same if you're so inclined. And let them go now with all your love. I'll be back over the weekend with the food holidays. Until then, take care of yourself. If you want to have a virtual wake for someone with me, you know where to find me. I want to hear all your stories about a person you're missing who you didn't get to have any kind of event or memorial for. Talk to you soon. Thank you.